8th, this is Stephen Gregory Smith with your Spooky Season Extra episodes. These are episodes that Matthew either probably A, wouldn't watch the movie, or B, was too busy to, and I wanted to get you lots of spooky content for your October. I'll be looking at films that uh, I recommend or I've recently seen. I know that everyone's making their spooky season lists, so I'm here to help you decide without watching the film if this is for you or maybe you want to skip it. All right, so I'm going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. For generations, people in Fairfax, Virginia have heard tales of the Bunny Man. Now, Bunny Man Brewing offers a tasty array of high-quality microbrews with a rotation of unique flavors. Come by to have a sample, and maybe even catch a glimpse of the legendary hopper. But bring a friend, because you don't ever want to drink alone. Check our hours and see what's on tap at bunnymanbrewing.com. Alright, today's film is... 13, 13 women. women! When there's really just 11. <laughs> yeah. This is a 1932 uh, pre-code film. The reason we're doing, we did the old Dark House and we're doing this, we may do another or two, um, is not only because they're really nice, short, you know, tight watches, but the atmosphere is really great in all of them. Yeah, they're all pre-code, and as we said... What on does the, that mean, Ryan? On the last uh, podcast, they're on Criterion Channel. Yeah, that, that, there's a collection right now for Halloween. Yeah. Uh, pre-code horror. Yeah, so pre-code Hollywood was from 1927 to 1934. It was a brief era in the American film industry between the widespread adoption of sound in 1929. I'm just reading this from Wiki. Yeah. Uh, And the enforcement of the Motion Production Code censorship guidelines, also known as the Hayes Code, Ah, which we've all heard. I've heard of that. Uh, in, uh, which was put in uh, mid-1934. Although the code was adopted, I did not know this, in 1930, the oversight of the films was poor. Didn't and, happen. Yeah, it really didn't start to be rigorously enforced until 1934. So it's really 1927 to 1934, pre-code Hollywood. So, for instance, like in this film, uh, there's women that are divorced and they're happy. Okay. You know what I mean? You would never have seen that problem before. They're even talking about sex in a way that you wouldn't have gotten before. So there was also more violence, more... Uh, uh, Suicides. Uh, less clothed people kind of thing. Yeah, and people uh, people murdering people but not getting caught for it. Uh, kind so of no morality clauses. No, like, everything has to point to some kind of moralistic... Right. Okay, well, that, that really... So this film... Explains a lot, right? <laughs> Postcode. Postcode, yeah. Well, thir- 13 Women is, uh, you know, we read the synopsis of it, which just was like, yeah, let's watch this. It's a, It was a precursor to the uh, slasher film. Yeah, someone, some call it the prototype slasher film. I'm a little on the fence about that yeah, myself yeah. because you have to, to me, do some slashing for that. I mean, she does do murders, but they're not... Yeah, it's, it's done by suggestion, as you read in the beginning. This movie, straight up from the get-go, we'll just say, is racist as hell. Oh, it is. It's it's so problematic. Uh, I wanted to watch it because of Myrna Loy from... Uh, the, the Thin Man. Thin Man, the Nick and Nora uh, movies. Um, and she's great. And she she played a lot of these characters. These I think she was in, even in 
was it Fu Manchu or Doctor uh, something, one of the uh, bit characters in there, maybe played a daughter or something. Um, but she plays half Jav Javanese, half American. And the whole thing is, is she's trying to get back at these sorority girls who treated her horribly. Who wouldn't let her in the sorority and were racist. And were racist. And then on top of all of that, not only is a lot of it racist and the detective says something very racist, but even Myrna Loy's character, uh, what was her name? Ursula? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, even when she's describing why she's doing this to Stanhope, played by Irene Dunn, uh, she's racist because she's wanting to be that white part of herself and you guys never accepted me to be white so it's it's racist on top of racist and not only that but it's a a white woman playing a biracial uh woman so again we just have to mention these things as trigger warnings as anything else that yeah. would and, put you off and we're looking at it as as uh same thing the criterion channel is film uh, history it's film history film art uh, things are problematic, and they're going to be. But you're, as you said, the uh, atmosphere of the films, uh, cinematography. Yeah, the black and whites always look so beautiful. Oh, so the the trapeze act. This is the first murder in the the movie. There's the first uh, victim, because the whole premise of this is that there is a swami who somehow got hooked up, probably through Myrna Loy's character's direction. Uh, they they one woman. They had found, a party, I think, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, something like that. And these people were all just so jazzed by their horoscopes from this guy, and then they start subscribing to his mail service, question mark. And um, the, the trapeze, their, their sisters, yeah. uh, gets a note. That says, by your actions, someone close to you will die. And their friend is in I think town. cousin, actually. Cousin, some, somebody else who was in the sorority, uh, drops by to see their act, and it's played by Peg and Whistle who, uh, if, if anyone watched Ryan Murphy's Hollywood series, it's all about imagining if pre-code were to continue and get more liberal, and then people of color or uh, their sexuality, you know, gay, whatever, uh, would be allowed in Hollywood what Hollywood would have turned into. But there is a movie that they're trying to make called Peg that's based on Peg Entwistle, who famously committed suicide by jumping off the Hollywood sign. And this was released one month after that actually happened. And so she was dead when this came out, and this was the only film credit she ever had, and she was having a hard time. So that kind of spooks up the movie a little more for me, knowing that this woman met such a famous end. And that's all explored in Hollywood by that's uh, on Netflix by Ryan Murphy. So check yeah. that out as a nice side trip and back to the the trapeze in the beginning oh it's it's without so any music or tense. sound the, you, all of the audience just goes completely silent you know what's gonna happen you know what's gonna happen uh and sure enough it's they're doing their special uh, flip and without a a net and she drops her, doesn't even touch her sister the sister just falls completely and we have our first kill um this film is based on a 1930 best-selling novel oh, by Tiffany Thayer. And the twins, I believe, in the book were actually in a freak show. Like, they were overweight twins in a freak show in the book. Huh. Um, but yeah, we had said earlier, this, this was it's called 13 Women, but you actually only see 11 within the film because it was supposed to be 73 minutes, but they did cut out uh, a good 13 minutes of Was the that film. because it was too long and they wanted a double bill? You know, I read about it earlier, and now I don't remember why. Uh, let's see. Uh, several characters were deleted from the film's final version, including those played by Leon Ames, Phyllis Frazier, and Betty Furness, 
in what would have been Furnace's film debut Ugh. at the age of 16. Hey guys, I got a part in a movie. So the film portrays only 11 women, not 13, with Fraser and Furnace playing the two characters edited from the film. Wow. Uh, so, and it, you know, the film premiered in October at the Roxy Theater in New York in 1932, then released in Los Angeles and a few other cities in November of 1932. A limited national release in 1933, originally running 73 minutes, the studio edited 14 minutes from the picture before release, and then the film was released in 1935, Postcode, by RKO, hoping to turn a profit by cashing in on the growing popularity of Irene Dunn and Myrna Loy. Interesting. Um, and again, this we had said this was uh, an influence on the on the. They say it's an influence on the slasher film, which I could see that. Sure, it's it's a, a systematic serial kind of like, and now the next one, and now the next one, and here's the scenario. And there's an interesting thing with a, one of the characters who's traveling with her husband's gun, and she runs into the Myrnaloy character Ursula. And uh, they have a conversation, and Ursula tells her who she is. And the the woman says she, you know, has this gun and ends up, you know, shooting herself. Um, yeah, so some of the things that make this pre-code would be suicide and on-screen murder aplenty. Uh -huh. A guy who attempts to both poison and blow up a child... But doesn't get caught. Let's talk about the blowing up of the child real quick. Oh my god, that scene. So this is the one of the women's, uh, uh, the main... Stanhope, yeah. Irene Dunn, yeah. It's her boy, and it's his birthday, and there's these... And she gets the, the, the horoscope that says her, her child's going to die by July 1st, which is his birthday. And so first there's like a chocolate or something that's given, right? A candy... And she has a bad feeling, so she doesn't let him have it. She takes it to a lab, and uh, they say, what, it wasn't poisoned? or But if he would have ate it, I don't know. I, I was confused on that. But then there's a, uh, a side character who is like the chauffeur for uh, this character who Ursula is having. A f Ursula can control people's minds. So she actually has the Swami... Um, uh, commit suicide basically walks in front of a train and before that she had sent a letter saying to prove that all my predictions are right i'm going to predict my own death so all the women are really spooked because oh god then he died why would he do this if it wasn't real uh, so basically what she had been doing was putting him to sleep and then rewriting the horoscopes that she sent out to the women forging all his uh handwriting but back to this ball, this chauffeur character who's under the influence of Ursula as well, um, basically hollows out a ball and puts a bomb inside, and it's a she gift. does she yeah. does she yeah. does it and gives it to him. Said you have to, and he doesn't want to do it. He has to he, give it to her. He's the driver of 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 this woman and her child, and he feels really bad about it. But she she suggests and it and really pushes him over the edge. So strangely enough, his birthday party is the next day, and. But all his birthday gifts are going in his closet on the top shelf where he can't reach them. And I'm like, I remember me as a kid. I would have figured that shit out. And he tries to. And he's reaching and he's pulling and he pulls some of them down. And you're just like watching this like, oh my God. This is going to explode right here and They're going to blow child. up a kid. And it's pre-code, so you don't know what's yeah. going to happen. I was like, that kid's going to die. It's pre-code. <laughs> it doesn't happen. The bomb does go off, but not where you expect it to. Yeah, um, yeah. and the, the driver winds up 
just so happens it winds up in the car that he's driving. Mm-hmm. Um, the cops are chasing him. And they set up this really, you know, the detective is so skeevy. All oh, the men God. in this are so... All the men are garbage. Uh, yeah. But the detective is like a walking hard-on. Yeah. He is like, whoever he's talking to, I feel gross for them. Because he's got this like really smarmy smile. And he's like, yeah, let's talk about it. And it's like, ooh. Yeah, you feel like he's trying to get in every single woman's pants. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a little trigger warning too of like just gross male behavior, including one of the chief detectives saying a real half-breed type, like really racist things. Um, no, he says it. Oh, he he's the one. I thought it was his boss. Yeah. Okay. And, then, and, and even, yeah. And then a Java... Yeah, whatever. So, so why are we saying watch this movie? Yeah, it's. I, I will say, um, I still wouldn't have the kids watch this. It's a little too racist, so we don't want to pass that along. Yeah. But is it, it's as minus a, that as a uh, study in um, film history and film noir, and I mean, some in some of the kills are. I mean, the suicide was just. I mean, you didn't think she was going to go through with it. And then she's standing outside the door listening for the gunshot. That was all filmed very, you know. Perhaps influencing it along. Exactly. Who knows? Uh, but she was originally going to shoot herself in the chest and then it turns worse and she points she, to her head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I thought was sh- shocking. But yeah. again, it's so, pre-code. And, and at the very beginning or beginning-ish, uh, the, the Swami d- had did do uh, Myrna Loy, Ursula's uh uh, horoscope and mm-hmm. she gets something about uh, her demise will come on a train so she, be there's mangled. multiple trains um in it so you're never sure when that's going to happen uh until the very end and she does get her i don't even know if she gets her comeuppance really she chooses it well the the head of the swami is suddenly chasing there. the train and yeah. getting bigger and bigger which is weird and then she falls off the train there's this she jumps there's this repeated um star star which when somebody horoscopes dies yeah. and so that happens and then we're at the end of the film um yeah. this was really a fascinating watch because i had never heard of it i had never seen it on turner classic movies or anything like that and so i think we we discovered this together we were watching it together and it was that in and of itself is always fun to go i mean i was screaming out loud during the child scene with... it was a lot yeah yeah and to, to think that a film from 1932 can affect you this much in 2023 is wild. It's know? absolutely wild. What yeah. is it, 90 years ago? Something like that we said last night? Yeah, like 91 years, yeah. It's a, it's a trip. And so this is, again, I wouldn't say this is a background movie. No. It, it's, it's you should watch it. It's not that long. It's like 59 minutes or yeah. something like that. Um, and it's worth, it's worth just a little historical. I said to Ryan last night, I'm like, God, how people lived 90 years ago. Well, they were at least uh, rich white people. Rich white people yeah. lived. But, like, living was difficult. Even when you were rich, it was difficult. Yeah, like, and this was definitely, and this was also during the Depression. They even bring it up in the film. Yeah. Um, so I think, none of these women are depressed. Yeah, so I think the people going to see these At least financially. Were not rich and they were poor and that was one of big things about the thin man and why they were so popular is because they were watching these people who had money and it was this dream escapism escapism of of their lives well that's what hollywood was in general it was the glowing beacon of what you should aspire to and you know um the douglas sirk film from the 50s imitation of life that oh yeah i mean this is that he did because of that like lampooning Hollywood, it, it just points back to that, even though it's so many years later. But even the talking about 
the racist remarks within the film, I think, is a, a huge thing as well that mm-hmm. wouldn't have been done. And, like, for instance, I think Imitation of Life is good. Um, it was redone, right, as well? There's two of I'm them. I'm talking about the, the I've never original. seen the original. The remake oh, okay. was Douglas Sirk, and he was lampooning Hollywood and even saying he wanted to do it just for the title alone because he was on his way out of Hollywood and just lampooning it even hiring Lana Turner, changing the character's name to Lara because it sounded like Lana. This is a, a side note, but what I'm saying is the the historic, like, look to Hollywood for your life example of what you should be, especially in the Depression. Please pay a, a nickel, a dime, whatever. Come see this picture show of getting multiple, out. Multiple. Getting out shows. of your life, your miserable life, and seeing something different. It's, it's a fascinating little time capsule to yeah. watch any of these and go, yeah. did anybody live like that? Or just like 1% of us live <laughs> like that? Probably less than, but... Well, I mean, if you don't have Criterion Channel, I'd highly recommend at least sign up for like a free trial. It's During Halloween, it. they have the pre-code. They have the 90s slashers, I think. There's uh, an 80s one too, uh, right? I know what you did last summer is on there. I think they did 80s last year. I think it's 90s. You can still see the 80s. I, I, Some of the 80s are yeah. still on there. Well, you see there, you know, a lot of... And, and not in the traditional sense of, you know, when you think of different horror films. It's, Freddy it's, or what? Yeah, it's really yeah. kind of going down the the film art aspect of it all. Because mm-hmm. um, there is something definitely to learn about film with each of these films. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, check it out. Criterion Channel, 13 Women. Yeah, in the, the pre-code horror chapter of the menu. And I have been deep diving it and enjoying it and finding that I think pre-code horror is like some of my favorites. Like sweet spot, right? That and 50s age atomic horror, I think are my two sweet spots of like, and actually the universal classics are my sweet spot as well. So do watch it. Uh, Follow me on Letterboxd. I'm Ryan the Dean. We'll put the link in the podcast notes again. Thanks for all the new follows on the Letterboxd. Yes, Um, thank you so much. And thank you again, all our sustaining Patreon members. We support appreciate your support we support you as well do you want something to support from us anyway (laughs) all right that's all for now Bye. bye thanks so much for listening to our spooky season extra episodes um i'm gonna give as many of these to you as i can fit in my day As you can imagine, uh, October through December gets super busy for Connor and Smith here at the Connor and Smith headquarters, with all of our shows being done every year between (laughs) October and December. But if you want to learn more about us, please visit www.connorsmithmusicals.com. That's Connor with an E-R. You can find us on social media. We have a YouTube page. Are you subscribed? Click on it. It is Connor and Smith. I know that there's like a country musician, Connor Smith, but Connor and Smith musicals usually finds us. You can find us on Instagram. Please sign up for our Instagram. Um, I'm on Twitter and Connor and Smith are on Facebook. But again, look for the ER, not the OR. Um, You can become a Patreon supporter of Connor and Smith. Um, That gets you lots of behind the scenes, special access videos. Uh, of our concerts, different things. You get a, a live video update. Well, it's not live, it's taped. Video update once a month. Um, uh, you get the newsletter every month. You get little like magnets and fun stuff like that. So check that out. Become a Patreon supporter. We really appreciate you, all of you who do. Um, that's all for now. Uh, we'll catch you on the next Spooky Season Extra episode. 
Bye-bye.